Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night or the arrows that fly in the day. Where we choose to poison the environment impacts specific groups of people. The violence that surrounds us impacts us. So how are you today, Nicole? I am doing great, Dr. Lissa. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for, for agreeing to be here. Now, I'm just, I'm just stating out loud that when I'm looking at the Facebook part, it doesn't, I don't see it happening, but it's okay because we will have this interview in a few weeks. We'll be on the podcast, which is called Journey Through Health and Wellness. So when we started this podcast, our idea was to talk with people about what their own journey has been you know, how did you come to this point? But wait a minute, I didn't even introduce you yet. So let's <laughs> back up, rewind. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, for being here today. This mm-hmm. is my friend and colleague, Nicole Kirksey. She is a life coach, a lay minister, a wife, a mom, God's favorite kid, and an all-around spicy visionary. <laughs> so... It doesn't get much better than that. So that's Nicole. Her purpose is to help you live boldly and fully step into the calling of God on your life for ministry and for service. And that comes from 2 Timothy 1, colon 6 to 7. And I believe that is um, from the Christian, I want to say Bible. I'm not even sure. So, you know, yeah. So here we go. And what else? Wait, I have to read a little bit more about Nicole. Now she gave me two, you know, like a whole page. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but there is some more. She's founder and chief visionary officer at Foundational Gifts Life and Leadership Coaching. She's a pioneer podcaster. And I told her earlier, if I had known that earlier, I would have been really nervous. So I'm glad I just found out. And she's the former host from 2009 through 2017 of the Foundational Gifts Weekly podcast on the Christian Women Affiliate Network. She has so much background here that we are just so blessed and gifted to have her. So so have you always been so, I want to say, God inclined? Has that always been your path? I love that phrase, God inclined. You know what? That became my path as actually part of my health and wellness journey. I grew up in a Christian background and especially my extended family is very passionate about Christian faith. I come from a very fiery tradition, if you will, charismatic um, tradition, Pentecostal. And so I like to say I grew up around church, but not in church. And when I was in my late 20s, I began to really struggle a lot with anxiety. And I really had, I mean, it was really debilitating and I really did lean into my social network, but nobody really knew what to do for me. But my grandmother said to read Psalm 91. She sent that message to me, read Psalm 91. So I didn't even have a Bible. I didn't have anything. So I had to borrow one from a neighbor. And when I read that, I said, whoever wrote this is the only person who ever lived who understands what I'm going through. And I felt like that began my God-inclined journey, if you will, to really lean into the spirituality that was, I was raised in to really help me to begin to heal. So I would say for most of my adult life, I've been, as you call it, God-inclined, but 
at different points, in different parts of my journey, I, I was not so much. So how does, I know that you have a lot of background also in health and wellness. Tell us a little bit about that background and how you make the connection between that background and you know, spirit and God and source. And I like to kind of generalize it. I hope you feel comfortable with and those listening yeah. either live or on the replay that yeah. in every spiritual tradition, and actually if you're human in this form mm -hmm. on this earth in these moments, we all have that spark of divinity. At least that's my belief. But how does that connect with, you know, your more formal maybe education or background or just leanings in being, being a healthy person, the way most people think about health. Yeah. So I, I think that for me, it evolved. You know, I was on a path. I started out, uh, both of each of my parents had their own chronic health conditions. So I feel like health and wellness and trying to be well and get well and experiencing sickness and disease in a bodily form and it impacting your social life and your finances and everything else has always been a part of my life. And I think professionally, though, I started out just really wanting to expand my work around social justice. I wanted to study violence as a public health issue, a public health crisis, uh, which it absolutely is. And so that's how I got to school. And before I knew it, you know, in my own personal journey, spirituality and my own health issues, all of it, it sort of all came together. Everything that I studied you know, in graduate school and the School of Public Health began to make sense through the lens of spirituality and certainly from personal experience. You know, I could see a lot of what was happening in my personal life reflected in the books that I was studying. Uh, and certainly the Bible talks a lot about uh, prioritizing our wellness. One of my favorite scriptures says that, beloved, I wish above all things that you be in health and prosper just as your soul prospers or is getting on well. So this connection between the mind and the body and the spirit, you know, is very present. And I think more, you know, the more I live and the more I experience it, not only in myself, but with the women that I work with um, and in my friends and colleagues like you who are also professionals and also working with people, we see it over and over those connections and how closely intertwined they are. So if, if this is not comfortable, even though I'm asking it publicly here, Wait, let me stop. Before you even ask me, I have seen Alyssa interview people and just throw a crazy curveball. I'm like in my chair cringing. Like, did she ask them that? Oh my God. So I knew I was going to get a cringe-worthy question. So come on with it. Whatever it is, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so I have to be honest. This is full transparency and confession that as you were telling a little bit about your personal story earlier, I was trying to do some PR for this, for this live, and I kind of missed it a little bit. But if you could just reframe again, I know you said you were kind of you were younger at that point. You had a Christian upbringing, and you you kind of knew something about Christianity. You you can't, in my opinion, help but know about Christianity if you've been raised in the United States. So you know, I'm of the Jewish faith, but. I recognized as time has go on, gone on and I've learned more about Judeo, the Judeo-Christian roots of the United States of America, that this is more of a Christian country. But then you discovered, you discovered these roots and you, you, you learned about Psalm 91. 
But what was it kind of on a, on a deeper level that was really bothering you? What sorts of experiences might you want to share so that others that are watching this or listening to this can understand that they are not alone? Yeah. That, that, that it's not just in the Bible, the written word, but there are actually people circulating right now, and a lot of them perhaps, that have the same issues that they do. So I'm, I'm asking you to, you know, to bear your soul as much as you're willing. <laughs> bear my soul as much as I'm willing. So um, I am led right now to just actually just go to the scripture because that will help me to know what to say and what not to so that I'm not just all over the place, you know, talking about all my stuff and just sobbing in a heap, which could also happen. Well, so basically what was happening to me at the time is, you know, I was always like this, you know, efficient, you know, a little scholar, you know, I was this passionate activist. I was very passionate about, you know, the, the topics and of the day and the things that I was involved in. Back up for a minute. So what, I mean, activist brings up a little bit of a, of a flag in my mind. What were you activist around? What specific Anti-violence, sexual assault, and domestic violence, specifically okay. uh, against okay. women. Okay. I started out as a campus activist and then continued on in a career working in rape crisis centers and, and doing some other types of anti-violence work. And so I was going to graduate school, frankly, because I wanted to be a boss in a nonprofit. You know, you need a degree for that kind of thing. So, <laughs> and I didn't think, you know, and I'm an overachiever. So instead of going to get one degree, I went and got two at the same time. So, and you know, not thinking about, you know, being young, you don't think a lot about self-care. You don't think about, you know, how that's going to tax your brain, how it's going to wear and tear on your body, how being a commuter student is going to hamper you financially, how getting married at the beginning of your graduate school is going to change your social relationships. You don't understand how when you up in your whole life at the same time that things come up. And so um, I started just having like these intermittent panic attacks really is all as how they're described. But what waters me up is that when I would try to tell people, uh, they would say, well, you, I kept saying, I feel like I'm gonna die. And they said, well, you, that's called a panic attack when you feel like you're gonna die. And I would say, no, I don't, I don't feel like I'm gonna die because I'm having a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack because I feel like I'm gonna die. You know, I was trying to explain that to people and people just didn't seem to understand that. So, you know, I was just crying and I was just shaking and I was just like, I can't make this sort of bad omen of bad things happening to me stop. You know, my ex-husband and my mother took me to the hospital to have me, uh, I was almost admitted inpatient to try to figure out what was going on. Like it was serious and I just couldn't pull myself together. But you know, my mother did what people do. We call our mothers when things are wrong. And so she called my grandmother and she was like, oh, she needs to read Psalm 91. So part of what it says is it says that those who, when this is one translation, those that live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. So it talks about this concept of, of being protected, of having peace. It says that the Lord is refuge in a place of safety and a God and him I will trust. And so I'm thinking about the God of my youth and trusting in this power that's greater than myself to help me through this scary thing. The next word is surely. It talks about surely he'll deliver me. So he's gonna take me out of this situation from all this noise is basically what it says. It talks about traps. 
and protecting you from what's called deadly pestilence. So that part that I was saying that I felt like I was going to die, it's like, that's the thing that was in the scripture. And I'm reading it and I was like, what? You know, and I was reading some other big words and an older translation that was bigger language. So it's even scarier than what I'm talking about now, but I got it. I understood at the time. And then it starts talking about God covering us with feathers and sheltering us with wings and says his faithful promises are like an armor of protection. And then it talks about being afraid. And it says, don't be afraid of the terrors of the night or the arrows that fly in the day. And I think I probably collapsed to the floor when I read that. I was like, because it talked about night terrors. And I said, oh my God, that's it. This is what I'm talking about. It talks about don't dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. You know, other things that are trying to kill us. Talks about disasters. Don't be afraid of disasters. It says that something might happen to a thousand people or 10,000 people, but it's not coming near you. And it says, if you make the Lord your refuge, the most high, your shelter, then evil things won't happen. And it goes on to all these benefits of walking closely to God. But let me, let me interrupt you for a minute, because what's coming through for me is, and you don't have to answer personally if you don't want to, but when somebody goes so deeply and wants to help so much people that are victims of sexual assault, was it some experience that you had as a child that precipitated it? And, and again, if that's not a comfortable question, you don't have to go there, but you could just answer more generally because I can see and feel how deeply the scriptures have helped you and continue to help you. But just something is coming through here, which is saying it can, it can be helpful to those listening or watching to understand on some level, what was it for you yeah. that created this passion? You know, I mean, this is a huge thing in this moment of the past year of this portal, I believe we've come through all the truth is rising. And so the people that have been committing these heinous crimes against children and, and young people yeah. and, and adults and have been so inauthentic, it's just all coming up, but, but people still don't necessarily understand that, you know, was it something that happened to you that you remember or was it something that came through your genetic line you know, that you've kind of traced back. Is that a fair question? Yeah, I, I do wanna say for myself, I've done a lot of personal work and I myself am not a survivor of sexual abuse as a child. However, I agree that the violence that surrounds us impacts us. And I did witness violence in my family. I witnessed violence in my community. And as an adult, I experienced violence in relationships in the past. And those things can be very traumatic as well. Totally. Um, I want to, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but this, there's just a, a segue here that I want to just bring forward, which is, so when we talk about environmental issues and yeah. racial and social injustice related to environmental issues, such as people often externalize it. Oh, that's just air pollution. That's just water pollution. There's nothing I can do about that. 
but it's violence from my perspective because if we're not taking care of what's out there, yeah. And then we're not taking care of what's in here. And because of our behaviors and because of our actions. Yeah. And, and the perfect example from my perspective is that they're building the second largest petrochemical plant in North America, 30 miles from where I live in southwestern Pennsylvania. And you're over in Hershey. It is maybe a four hour drive to Hershey from here, but it's in the same state. Right. And they're creating for what? nurdles, these little plastic things that create everything plastic. Mm. So the idea of microplastics, which may seem so foreign, but like, can you help us to make a connection from your public health background mm-hmm. to the violence created by using plastic, for example? And again, everybody should know that we have not prepared for this in <laughs> the way that many do. Right. So we already take it. Yeah, I am putting that's, a, that is such a, that's a complicated conversation, but I can't, I can speak to that to say that in, you know, you're talking about what's happening on the outside and how connected it is to the inside and violence that we do do to our environment that impacts our climate, that impacts exactly where we live, impacts our bodies as well. It impacts our body, our ability to heal when things happen to us mentally, spiritually, and physically, if we're living in poison that we are breathing in. Dr. Alyssa is a doctor of the eyes, and I was explaining to her how I got my eyes checked a few years ago and how my eye doctor was saying, "Uh, are your eyes itching, this and that? And I said, no. And he said, well, you have hives in your eyes. And I was like, in my eyes? He was like, on the inside of your eyes, you have hives. And I was like, I, you know, I'm trying to pull, you know, pull my eyes out. I'm like, oh my God. He said, it's in the environment. He said, every year it gets worse. And whatever year your body triggers to whatever you're affected by, it's in your body for the rest of your life. And this is what your body will battle for the rest of your life. And every year it's something different. My daughter picked up an allergy this year that she hasn't had her whole life. So those kinds of things definitely affect us. And then where we choose to poison the environment specifically impacts specific groups of people, you know, near or on our native land, you know, in poor communities, in communities of color, those communities that are already disenfranchised and oppressed and excluded are already are having that much more compounding, right? in our bodies and in our communities as we go along so that every generation is having that impact. And even if it's not in our town, right? Even if we don't put the plastics in our town, don't think that it's not coming to you because it's all the same air and it's all the same water and it's all the same food growing from the same land. So it's going to impact us all. So that concept of universality is very true. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate spiritually when you were talking at the beginning about how it's easier for you to talk spiritually in in generalities is that I know that we are all made in the image and the likeness of the creator, of the same creator. And so I'm talking about my own relationship to the creator, but other people I know have different relationships to the creator, even people who share my own spiritual tradition. 
so just just one more piece about this this Psalm 91 because I think it goes to that environmental thing. And I'm reading it like I don't know it by heart. But the real the last verse of that says, with long life I will satisfy her and show her my salvation. Because I'm a her, those are my pronouns, she, her. With long life I will satisfy Nicole and show Nicole my salvation. And part of that image of salvation is not only saving my life eternally and saving my natural life from someone who is afraid to die, but salvation for me also means that I'm going to be able to see in my lifetime the power of the living God do things on this earth to better this earth, even as God's children are making our own bad choices despite ourselves, because the power and the love of God in God's people is just that strong to help that come about. Wow, that is so beautiful and powerful and important. And what's coming through me now is the idea of strengthening our immune systems through the word of God, basically. No matter what religion or from or what spiritual tradition you're from, when we go back to the roots of a spiritual tradition, and for some, it's nature. For some, it's taking a walk along the beach or down their block, if they're able to, in this wild world right now that we're in, depending on where you are in the world. So coming back to ourselves and recognizing that when we keep our vessel, our body clear and clean, that that spirit is more able to work through us. So Somebody's asking here in the comments here, that someone is my gorgeous, incredible, brilliant daughter. What is your background? And then what is your number one tip? Uh, my husband asked. So you have to understand we're early on in this process and we have to put plants in the audience. There. But I guess the question is, you know, my, my daughter's asking, what's your background? And then my husband's asking, what is your number one tip? So if you can somehow figure how to weave those two together, I could have asked one at a time, but I don't know if I'm good at asking. But that would be, that, would, that wouldn't be you to ask one at a time. So thanks for both questions. I like what you said in terms of for a number one tip. I like what you said about our spirituality being of support to our physical health, right? One of the things that I teach, um, I'm a part of my background is being a university professor. So I teach uh, at one school in, in healthcare administration and I teach an onboarding class at another school to new students. And I talk a lot about life balance. And one of the things that we talk about is how essential our spirituality, whatever that looks like, is like you say, in boosting our immune system. That's scientific, that's science. We know that having a sense of faith, a strong spiritual foundation being rooted in a belief system is one of the things that helps us to stay strong physically and helps us to heal better when things happen to us, whether they're emotional issues or, or practical things in life, financial issues or things like that. Having that spirituality is something that keeps us grounded. Usually it also comes with a community of human beings who can also help us as well. So I was listening to um, what was happening to the building in Florida 
uh, that collapsed and how traumatic that was. And one of the local rabbis was there, several people from um, his congregation, they were, they're still looking for them. And he was just talking about, he was talking about that, how incredible it was, how we can get, feel like, you know, God has forsaken us, but how beautiful it was to see the work, God's work through the people there and how much loving kindness people have shown each other. So that's true in our lives as well. And so part of my work around health and wellness as a wellness coach is to talk to women about our spirituality and how essential our spiritual practices are um, about keeping us well. So specifically in terms of my background, I have a master's degree in social work. My background is in nonprofit administration. I talked about wanting to be a big boss, right? Uh, and a not-for-profit. So I have a master's degree in social work. And part of that is a clinical education, knowing how to work through people, help people to work through um, different kinds of crises and counseling people and so forth. Uh, my other master's degree is in public health, focusing on health behavior and health education. And um, so definitely using that in everything that I do. So certainly in terms of a hot tip, if you are someone who has a spiritual practice, I encourage you to just consider ways that you can practice your spirituality. Not so much about like going to church or, or whatever like that, but how your spirituality shows up in day to day and considering ways that you can use your spirituality to support your own wellness and care plan and making sure that you have one. So one of the things that I've started doing and one of the things that I'm gonna, going to talk about um, with a group of women that I'll be working with is I've started meditating in the mornings, doing some breath work and just getting grounded. And that's before I do like prayer and journaling or Bible study because being fully present in my body and having my mind fully present is so important to my spiritual practice. And being in touch with my spirit is so important to the work that I'll be doing in my body, which after that is supposed to be going for a walk, which sometimes I'm not as great at, right? Or working out and, and, and staying healthy in that way. And finding, so, and finding ways to keep those things connected because they're both so important. If you try to do one, a bunch of one without the other, you know, you're gonna run into trouble and, you know, and vice versa. So those are, I think I responded to both of those, I think. Wow, 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 wow. So, wow. I am so taken with how helpful you are to so many and how what you're doing and the combination of the different backgrounds that you have is so critically important for this particular moment in time when the pain body, the collective consciousness of the world is yeah. just raw, raw yeah. and out there. Yeah. And so, okay, big boss, Nicole, I have <laughs> the last question for you really is what sorts of programs in a general sense do you offer? And then after a pause, after you answer that question, the second part, part B of that mm -hmm. question for the academic side of you is, are there specific programs, program or programs that you offer that we can, you know, we can work with you on? Yeah. So the thing that I, I like the most is really the work that I do. I mentioned that onboarding class with my students in school. So, you know, obviously, if you, if you come to my university, you can't get through your undergrad degree without coming through my class. So I might see you, you know, but there are, it's a big school and I might miss you. 
but I do the same exercise with my coaching clients because I, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and I have a coaching system around wellness. It's actually called the Wellness Revival Immersion Program. And one of the things that I do is I really help people to identify their most significant, the most, if you can create a vision, what's the thing that you want to see the most in your health and your wellness? And that would include your spirituality. And I talk about whole life wellness, which also talks about environmental issues that you mentioned. Environment is one of the nine pillars of health that I talk about. And I ask people to create a vision for themselves that include all of those nine pillars. And we work through those over a 13 week period. And I love the work because it really opens people's eyes to their own life, right? I ask them the same question I asked my students, like how do you bring your best self into your life, right? What does it mean to show up, you know, as an expert in your own life? What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? And people are all like, um, what? <laughs> I'm not sure. But when we get into that work, it really does make a difference. And I do think it inspires a lot of people like you and like me who are really looking at our lives in a broader sense to see those connections more clearly, right? See the connections between like you mentioned, the collective consciousness, the pain that all of us are going through, even though our lives are different, there are just things that are going on that there's that are touching all of us, whether we, you know, experiencing it personally or not, it's affecting everyone. And so working through those as a coach is great. And I get to work in the classroom with people like that as well. So in general, that's what I do. You can always connect with me if you want to do more, more work on that. And I have a specific program that's coming up very soon where I'm getting together with folks for seven days. That's called the Wellness Revival Reset, where I'm helping people to reconsider or reimagine or reset, if you will, their self-care plan in the face of all that we've been through in 20 and in 2020 and 2021. You know, this is, these are unprecedented times. We've never seen anything like this uh, in our lifetime. And yet God's not surprised and get, yet God was ready. And yet these things have happened before, but we weren't around. And so for our own lives going forward, we have to have a better plan for ourselves. So I'm excited about working with women uh, around that for seven days straight coming up really soon. And so how do we, how do we sign up? How do we get there? What do we okay. do? Maybe somebody who's watching could drop a link if you tell us what it is. That would be great. Okay, so if you go to my website, it's coachnicole.com. The way to sign up for the seven day is if you go coachnicole.com forward slash reset. But all of the information is there if you want to learn more about that 13-week program that I mentioned to do the deeper work, planning and preparing for our self-care and setting that strong foundation for moving forward in our lives with a better sense of well-being. And I should say the seven-day intensive that we're having, and I'm, it's a retreat. I'm calling it a retreat. I'm designing it as a retreat. It is totally free. So definitely, if you are available, sign up for it. I would love to. So I just dropped that link. It's called coachnicole.com slash reset. And I just wanted to reframe. I've, I've watched some of your other things and participated in them in your private Facebook group. Do you, do you want to let people know what, what the name of that group is? Thank you so much. The private Facebook group is, it is the Called and Qualified Collective. Called and Qualified Collective. 
And that is a group of women, Christian women leaders, but other women also, you don't have to be a Christian to get in there, but I always say you have to not be allergic to a whole bunch of preaching and Bible verses, as you can see, <laughs> working with me, I, ha I have to put a disclaimer, you got to be ready, right? But it's really just women leaders, women who, who uh, already give and lead and serve. We have entrepreneurs like Dr. Alyssa, we have pastors, we have moms who are running households of like six kids. You know, I have great grandmothers and, and young women who are just starting their family. I have nonprofit executives. A lot of different people are in the, in the group. And the basic thing that brings us together in addition to our faith is how much we lead and serve and give to other folks and how we want to take care of our own wellness as in addition, our self-care. This is beautiful. I wanted to, to put a call out and thanks to my husband, Stan, to your husband, Vince, mm -hmm. and also to our daughter, Laura, and to Irina, who just stepped in and she says she loves your message. Oh, thank you. And so what is it that you would like to, you know, wrap us up with and hold us with? And what beautiful message would you love to leave us? And I have to say, I love your spirit. And when women say they're just, you know, going with the word of the Christian God, I always have to kind of bring everybody back down to planet Earth and, and just reframe it because I want to be part of it, but I'm not Christian, right? I'm Jewish. I'm of the Jewish faith. And so what universal message that perhaps you gained through Christianity, and I don't mean, I'm, with all due respect to everybody that's watching, because sometimes what I'm, these words I'm saying can be highly insulting to people that are very strong Christians, and I apologize from source, but what universal message do you have that can help us link together uh, the environmental message, the spiritual message, and the physical health and wellness message? And then if you would like to, and if you don't take me up on it, I'll take myself on, up on it before we leave to give us just a spontaneous brief meditation that you might suggest we step into for a few minutes a day, especially if we've never even thought about meditating because there's so many ways to meditate. You don't have to be a monk up on the mountain. You don't even have to sit quietly in a faraway place or walk in the woods. So yeah, so I'm gonna leave that open for you, mm -hmm. not even as a question, but as a challenge right here yeah. live with no preparation. Yes, it is a challenge for sure. And I think meditation in general is a challenge, which I'll talk about in a second. But as, as you were speaking, Dr. Liss, all I kept thinking is to say is that God loves you and God is love. Those are Christian messages and those are universal messages I know. The creator, the source loves you and God is also love. So all that we do in the name of love, all the goodness that we share, the way that we respect our bodies, the way that we care for other people, the way we look to our environment, the way that we share our time and our expertise and our platforms generously with other people as you have, the way that we share our knowledge and our experience, even our, our bravery talking about things that we've experienced and we weren't ready 
that's a form of generosity. It's a form of love that can help to encourage one another. So I would encourage anybody listening to consider ways that in your daily life you can do just a little of that. Every day you won't be on a podcast and going live being interviewed, but someone in your life would benefit from your blessing and from being blessed by you uniquely, who might run into me and might not like my sauce, but is waiting for you and what you bring because you have that kind of value. You are absolutely priceless to the creator. And please know that every day. And one of the ways that I try to remember, I try to remember the power of the creator and to get centered on that for somebody who can't be still and somebody who can't be quiet is to meditate. And like um, Dr. Liz was saying, is meditation can be done different ways. But in my tradition, we are taught to meditate on God's word day and night that it'll make our way prosperous and we can have good success. So if you're a Christian and there is a passage of scripture that you wanna memorize or get into your spirit, you can just take deep breaths and just repeat key parts of that scripture for a short period of time, even just 60 seconds, 90 seconds, five minutes, and just breathe in and out and just be in touch with your body. It will make all the difference in your day. If you're someone who, you know, has a different spiritual tradition or wants to choose what they call a mantra, a positive statement or an affirmation, something positive to remember about how priceless you are, you can do the same while you're breathing in and out. And you don't have to say a word. You can do it in your own thoughts and you can do it anywhere. If you're on the bus, you know, if you're in your car, you don't have to close your eyes if you're in your car driving. Um, I like to sit on my porch and just be in nature and that nature and that environment we're talking about, feeling the breeze on my skin, listening to the birds, you know, listening to car doors slam and knowing that there are people around and just taking a minute out of the busyness of the day to just to be grateful and to be present and to get that kind of strength. Just try it. I always encourage people to just try something once. And if you can do it once, try it for seven days in a row. And, and find your own way. If today's way didn't work, try another day, but try it all those days in a row because if you can stick with it and make it a practice, it will be yet another thing to help to shore up your foundation. That is, that is so beautiful and such wise words. You've mentioned meditation. You've mentioned breath work. You've mentioned prayer. You've mentioned Bible study. And so in our community, in southwestern Pennsylvania, the Rotary Club has recently erected a peace pole. Mm -hmm. And they have many different languages on this beautiful piece of sculpture in the Monroeville Community Park that says peace in, I don't know if it's 37 or 45 languages that are spoken in our community of about 30,000, right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And there will be ceremony there. It, they don't call it ceremony, but all of the people that speak all of the languages will be gathering in the park in a couple of weeks. And so this is just a moment to take for yourself, coming back to your breath in these sacred moments of allowing yourself to come back to yourself, to take the time 
each day and come back to your breath. Imagine that, the rhythm of the vibration and the pulsation of your own being in this physical form, in these incredible moments on planet Earth that we have all been chosen to be here now and honoring and blessing all of those souls who have left us, but that we know are fully present in some other soul spirit form. So with that, Nicole, I want to thank you from the bottom, the top, the sides of my heart that are being cradled by my lungs, my embodied self, my breathing self with the hope and prayer that not only you, but all of us in this rising conscious collective will have the courage to move through these next moments gracefully and with ease, knowing that we are being watched, protected, and guided. So is there anything else that you would love to add before we close? I just want to remind everybody that this interview is live and thank you those of you that are still here. And Vince says, thank you, Coach Nicole. Awesome <laughs> job. Your man is right there with you. Wow. And you can follow Nicole. We've dropped her links in the, uh, in the thread on Facebook. And Nicole will be back there, hopefully commenting on that thread as well as myself. Absolutely. So what do you want to close up with, Coach Nicole? You know, I, that was such a beautiful closing. All I wanted to say is, amen, sister, you preaching it. Preach it, girl. Yes. Yes. You know, one thing that I, I was thinking about, and I just want people to see how this lands. I think it was a rabbi, if I'm not mistaken, said, said this one time about breath, which you were talking about. It gave, it gave me chills. So the creator gives us every breath that we get. So every time we're breathing in and out, we're breathing the breath of the creator, the, the creator breathed into us. And we are all sharing one single unbroken breath. The breath that was breathed into Adam is unbroken through all humans. So from the creator to humans, we are all breathing the same unbroken breath that has never stopped since the beginning of all humans. It's the same breath. And I was like, what? <laughs> my mind but such joy such joy right so i on your health and on journey to wellness as you connect your spirituality as they say say la pause and calmly think about that ah, so with that my friends and relatives and everybody who's watching live and on the replay Feel free to share this public commentary worldwide and with your mother and your father and your sister and your brother and your children and everybody that you know in service to humanity. We want our messages to go far and wide. Have a wonderful morning, evening or afternoon, wherever you're watching from in the world. And um, 
May peace be with you. And also with you. Take care. Bye -bye.